Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We're presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, Mo Dekeel is in the building. Mo, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. It's it's, it's fun times right now in the, the, the world of the NBA. I'm f- I finally feel like I'm caught up again. Like, it took me a good, I would say, like, three weeks, three and a half weeks to, like, feel good about where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm ready... <laughs> And then, like, Anderson Varejao got signed by the Cavs, and he's about to check in. And I was like, wait, did I just get transported to, like, 2014? What In my process of, of catching up, I went back into time? Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> you I know, clearly went back in time. It, it was funny because there was probably about a two-week span where, like, I felt like I didn't have any energy. And it, it didn't feel like the games were that great. Mm-hmm. Was really trying to find interesting things in the games that just nothing was happening it felt like for a few weeks and then in the last two weeks three weeks it's really blown up and picked up yeah it has hasn't it like it 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 felt like as we got closer and it felt more real for these play-in teams that like oh shit we need to be top six seeds because if we're not we then are locked into like a game with the Spurs that could go any which direction because if DeMar DeRozan just decides to pop off for 50, we might be in some shit. Like, it felt like that's when it started to really pick up. Like, I care about teams like Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee, like pseudo chasing the number one seed in the East. I care about the race at the top of the West with Utah and Phoenix. But like, I really care about these playing races because I think they like the Lakers right now are a genuine chance to play in the play in series. And they might be the like title favorites there. It's either them or Brooklyn. I feel like it's crazy. I mean, that's, that's kind of the absurd thing. I think the, which the, just to go back a little bit of what you were talking about, where it's like, wow, this stuff kind of matters all of a sudden. Like, you know, when the Wizards won three games in a row, it was like, oh, that's cute. You know, like they're they're doing it just in time for nothing. And then it turned it into eight. And then it's yeah. like, oh, they're solidly in the playing tournament all of a sudden. Like, you know, it was just kind of gradually snuck up on you. And that race has become fun. So, you know, it, it, the Laker thing, just bringing it back to that, like that's probably the most fascinating thing out of the whole deal, right? Like they're, yeah. they're going to be a team that's, I don't know what the odds are, but let's just say 33% since it's a three-way tie that they can be seventh. And I'm still going to pick them probably to be – or I still think they have a good chance to get to the finals. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Like, I, I mean, like, look, I think, they w- I think they would be my pick to get to the finals out of the West, assuming that LeBron is healthy. That's the thing. We just need them to see – to just look a little bit better when LeBron comes back. Yep. You know, from the the, the thing, and then we'll, then everybody will feel much more comfortable. But if 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 he's not healthy or it looks a little bit shaky, it's going to be a wide open West, and it's going to be really fun. Like if if that's, I mean, this thing could get this thing's already wide open. To be honest, I feel like, which by the way, is the theme of this podcast. So we're going to talk about <laughs> the teams that I think are like legitimate NBA title contenders. So in the East, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and sorry Knicks fans I'm sorry Atlanta fans I'm sorry Boston and like Miami fans uh Miami is just like I would love to include Miami in this if we're going to be honest but and they have figured things out recently maybe we should like really consider talking about Miami because um you know they've won 
three of their last four and before that like they'd gone on a little like three game win streak like i think they're probably seven and three in their last 10 before this recent loss to dallas like i kind of think that they have figured some things out but i don't think they figured out enough to where i feel good about them over any of the top three in the east and in the west that's going to be phoenix utah the clippers the nuggets the lakers i think that that that's a good group of five teams in the west three in the east that kind of accentuates how wide open this entire thing is right now in the playoffs like i I can't remember a more wide open nba title race like even even last year i felt like there were probably three teams that were going to win the title it was going to be one of the clippers lakers or bucks going in and the lakers won um like it's a fascinating race right it's, it's phenomenal and to ease your mind a little bit i don't think miami deserves to be in the conversation justin this is the way their season has gone every time you think they have it figured out they sucked you know, they go on a stretch where they suck for a while. So it's like, so for me, it, it, the lack of consistency is why they don't belong in this conversation. Yeah. Whereas all these other teams have been consistent throughout the season. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're so, right about that. So what we're going to do, how we're going to frame these conversations is why this team can win the title and why this team won't win the title. So. We'll start with the positive, say why this team is good, why we trust this team, and then we'll discuss ultimately what's going to hold them back at the end of the day. So I'll just kind of frame it to you. I mean, is there a specific team you want to start talking about here? Like, is there a team that you think is more interesting than the others? No, because I think they're all interesting. But let's just go with the Lakers since we kind of started it a little yeah. bit. So right? why do and you I think, think the can... Lakers will win the title? Yeah, if LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. That's it, you know. Um, but but to be honest, like here's the thing that I like about this Laker team, and, and, and I'm assuming full health, right? Like even when those guys were out, they did a lot better than I thought they would. You know, like I really thought they were going to drop a whole bunch more games. And and the most interesting aspect of it, their defense didn't drop off. Their offense struggled, which is something we kind of could expect. But yeah. their defense stayed solid the entire time, and that impressed me. I mean, to the point where I'm even like, he won't win it, but we should talk a little more about how good of a coach Frank Vogel is Yeah, uh, to, to, to keep that engaged. So, you know, that defense right there being that solid, I think even buys them time getting LeBron and AD back in the flow of things because their defense is so good. I wish I could say that I felt that way, but like I do, like LeBron's going to miss a couple games here coming up um, just due to this ankle injury. I do feel like at the end of the day, they actually kind of need those two because they do need to get that six seed. Like they actually genuinely need the six seed. Like I I don't know that I would want to play like the risk game that is them playing San Antonio in like a tight game or them ending up having to play Memphis and like, you know who the fuck knows what could happen with memphis like that team can just get hot from three and like your curtains you know what i mean no i know exactly what you mean but i guess i'm just too much of a uh in a one game you know we always talk about it in a one game scenario who do you pick yeah you pick i'm gonna toss trust I'm, i'm picking lebron i mean we, we have chosen him to fight the monsters, guys. Like, look, this is going to be... If if he can't do it in this, then we're really in trouble when the aliens come. Uh, yeah, we are. We the, really are. I think for several reasons. But um, the uh, I, I, 
I kind of think they'd be in a good I, I would trust them to win that game. And, you know, for me, whether they finish 6-7, you know, even as low as 8, I, I, I still would be like the teams they might face in the first round may not be ideal. But I don't think there's an easy first round throughout the, the West of the playoffs. You know, so I think that's going to make the whole thing challenging. So for me, like, as long as they just get in, they'll be fine. And, and, and I'm willing to bet LeBron would win the first game of that playing tournament yeah and look like i'm there with you like i would pick the lakers to win i would almost certainly bet on the lakers to win that game but like you could tell me that line against memphis or whoever or memphis or san antonio is like 10 and i'd be like yeah i'm laying the points like this is right right, right. this is lebron <laughs> like I'm, I'm laying the points guys come on but it's just danger like it's it's a dangerous scenario where i think it cuts their odds of like getting through probably by 20 percent. you know like maybe they have an 80 percent chance of winning but it's still like a 20 percent chance you lose you know what i mean yeah, and yeah, no, I mean, there's always that risk. There's always that risk. LeBron's ankle doesn't feel right. He, you know, what we've seen in the two games he did come back is it's really stiffened up over halftime, you know, yeah. and, and that's that's a challenge. Like, they're going to have to figure out a, a routine to keep him fresh, you know, from halftime to avoid that. And, and, you know, I think that's something that's common. Like, when guys twist their ankles and they go to the bench, you see a lot of, like, mobility work. Yep being done on the ankles to avoid that stiffness so that's going to be a challenge that's and ultimately that's the biggest concern with them these yep. injuries is is there it's not even like it's not going away. it's just i feel like they're going to be there that's it it's going to be the backdrop of it you know the whole situation and i think that's going to be the real challenge for the lakers more than anything else is just making sure they can keep those guys healthy yeah I, like i think the reason that they should be considered the favorite to come out of the West still is something you kind of alluded to at the top. Like they still had a very high uh, floor, even when LeBron was out and Anthony Davis was out. And I think that the reason for that is that Kyle Kuzma is genuinely like a very useful NBA player. Now Contavious Caldwell Pope is a legitimately like, honestly, like high level role player, like starter. He's really good now. Like he's shooting 41% right. from three. He's a legit defensive player. He's really good. Um, Dennis Schroeder has been really helpful for the minutes where LeBron has to take the load off or like had to miss time. Right. Um, Alex Caruso remains like a useful cog in this machine. Uh, you know, Mark Gasol last night was really good. Marcus always I mean, really good last night. I mean, that's the other thing too. Their their depth in terms of big men is like they can play a different style against every big yep. guy, right? You know, yep. Andre Drummond's getting his his butt kicked by Jokic, and let's be honest, we all expected that. Um, yep. But then they put Gasol in, and it's like, ooh, it's crafty versus crafty. This is interesting, you know. And and yeah. there were times where Jokic Jokic had him a little bit, and then there were times where. Gasol had Jokic. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, that actually really kind of helps them if they face Denver in a series. You know, like Gasol's going to get heavy minutes in that instance, and he's not a uh, he's not going to kill your offense. You know, he's just going to increase right. the passing and the movement. So I think it's, it's a positive aspect for them moving forward. You know, like they, yeah. they kind of got in a rotation of big men that they're like, oh, okay, 
not a Gasol series might be a Harrell series, you know, or it might be a Drummond series. Like, there's a different yeah. way they can go about things. Well, they all do different things. And, like, the big thing here, too, is, like, they have the perimeter depth to where you can play Schroeder at the one next to LeBron, or you can play LeBron at the one with Kuzma, Caldwell, Pope, Davis, and a big. Or you can play LeBron at the one with Davis, Kuzma, KCP, and Caruso. Or you can take one of those guys off and play Talon Horton Tucker, potentially. They still have Wes Matthews on this roster who, uh, you know, isn't shooting well and isn't, like, really playing well, if we're going to be honest. Like, hasn't had a great year. But, I don't know. Like, I still think he's probably, like, an okay playoff option on the wing if, you know, push comes to shove. They just went out and got Ben McLemore, who's weirdly been, like, semi-useful for them at times so like they have the wing depth and then on top of it they have the bigs where they have four bigs that can play a very distinct different style Andre Drummond if you need someone who's going to just go crush the glass he's going to be able to do it I still don't really think Drummond like I honestly think Drummond is probably going to be the least useful of their four bigs um in this playoff series or in these playoffs, but that's more because I think Mark Gasol is really valuable for them. If they get matched up in a matchup with like a true big man, like a Nikola Jokic, which frankly, like they have to probably get through Nikola Jokic at some point, like, especially if they end up as the five seed, that's a seven game series against Denver. And that's complicated for them. So Gasol is huge. and then if they want and offense, it, they can play Mar- Montrez Harrell. They just want like to play, you know, one five ball screen actions and bench units. Like having Montrez Harrell is really helpful. And then being able to go small with Davis at the five is super helpful. Like they, they just have so many different ways they can play you. And, and and I think that's kind of the the ultimate skill and versatility of this Laker team. Yeah, you know, and this was the same thing last year. I think it's just continuing on with the with what they've built on last year just with a a different cast of characters yeah totally and the the reason they won't win the title is just lebron and anthony davis not being 100 percent, not being up to speed right like that that's ultimately the reason and 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 i know it's gonna sound like a cop-out but this is the only team that i'm really gonna use health as the main reason why because it's it's just so close to the the playoffs and these guys are still working there i mean davis hasn't looked great you know in in his comeback he's had moments he's had flashes there's been some times where i'm like okay look this is his his defense you you know looks like it's coming back a little bit you know him closing out the nuggets was huge but those were the only moments so far in his comeback you know and i that's why it's such a concern yeah uh let's move on let's go to the clippers because right now the Lakers, as we speak, at least, who knows if um, Give you know, it what's going to happen with these games tonight? Necessarily, <laughs> we're recording this on yeah. Wednesday night in the United States. The Lakers would play the Clippers right now in the first round of the playoffs, and that would be an incredible playoff series for a number of reasons. But the Clippers are in a really interesting spot. I really like this Clippers team. I think they would be my second choice to come out of the West right now. Why do you think the Clippers will win the NBA title? I think they kind of got all the pieces together now. You know, I think for me, I've been saying for a while, and this is goes back to even last season, was they needed a table setter. They needed a guy that can set everybody up. Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to be the primary ball handler. PG is not your primary ball handler. I think, you know, the addition of Rondo, and everybody kind of scoffed at that trade a little bit when they traded Lou Williams and everybody's like, I can't believe you traded Lou Williams for Rondo. Look at his numbers. And I'm like, y'all don't remember what happened six months ago? Like 
Rondo's a different dude in the playoffs. And, you know, and to be honest, he's been a different guy since he's come to the Clippers. You know, he's been that table setter. He's getting them easier looks. He knows when to get touches for the other guys and, and where to go with it. I just think he raises this team's IQ level another notch. And I think that, I'm not trying to say because they have Rondo, they're going to win the championship, but I just think the whole team, you know, all the pieces together look much better, fit better. You know, Serge Ibaka comes back. I think they're going to be, you know, be able to then stretch the floor even more. I think it just puts them in a, in, in a good situation. Zubac's development has been phenomenal. I think they're, they're in a really good spot. I'm right there with you, Sam. I think, you know, they're, for me, they're my fa- second favorite team to come out of the West. Yeah, and it, it's interesting with – I'm sorry, I have their basketball reference page comes up, come up. And <laughs> in Australia, I get these points bet ads where they combine, like, the faces of two people. Uh, and the faces they <laughs> combined – they do, like, Durant and Jokic combining for six threes. So they do, like, a Photoshop – where they combine the two faces where it's like Kevin Durant's goatee and like Nikola Jokic's face with Kevin Durant's hairline, like looking back at me. (laughs) That's jarring. (laughs) I'm like a little bit fucked up right now. (laughs) What just happened? You might need a break. (laughs) You might need a break here. (laughs) Um, Okay. So with the Clippers, I think the reason that they'll win the title is kind of similar to the Lakers insofar as they have a lot of different ways they can play you. Like if they need to go big and defensive across the front line or across the backcourt, you can play Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, I guess like one of Marcus Morris or Batum and then Zubots at the five. Like if you just need a lineup that can go out and shut shit down defensively, that's a damn good defensive lineup. If you want to foster ball movement, you throw in Rondo. If you want to get some real floor spacing, you toss in Serge Ibaka. Like they can go small and play. Like you might be able to go out and rock like Rondo, Luke Kennard, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George and Ibaka in these like wild small lineups that can like just run teams off the floor with like spacing and scoring and ball movement and everything. Like they just have a lot of different ways they can play you depending on the matchup. And they have a nice little combination of different things that they can do uh, within those lineups that are tweaks. Like you can throw Nikola Batum in, he'll foster some ball movement. He's knocked down shots from distance this year, although he's kind of cooled down a little bit. Um, and he provides like real size, like you can play him at the four and just kind of end up in a spot where you're in a good situation. Yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of the thing. And, and, and you're right, just like the Lakers, they really kind of have the several different lineups that they could run through and, and really sort through. And, you know, throughout a uh, uh, playoff series, they can they can throw so many things at you. And I just feel so much more comfortable with the fact that, like, Paul, it, it, Kawhi Leonard doesn't have to be the point guard. Because he said many times he didn't want to be that guy. And I think that's kind of just opened so many more things for them. And Rondo's been great coming in, you know, and, and ha- has people excited. So I just think they're in a good position in that sense. Not if they play the Lakers in the first round, though. Like, that's just brutal. Why do you think the Clippers will not win the title? They don't get enough easy points, and maybe that'll change. 
but you know they their free throw rate's still extremely low. They don't get a ton of points in the paint. You know, I think they that a lot of it is just shot making, and you know that might change come playoff time when teams get to you know sort of scheme better and and so on. I think that makes it harder, and I think their inability to get those easy looks from time to time just comes back to haunch in the long run. Yeah, I mean, so much of it is like self-created jump shooting, right? Um, because at the end of the day, like we can talk as much as we want about Rondo having the ball in his hands. Kawhi and Paul George are going to be the guys that have the ball in their hands at the end of these games yep. and in, in the critical moments of these series. And I, th- I think I trust Paul George. I- I'm willing to go down the road. I think I trust where Paul George's game is right now to where he is going to be an effective and, like, frankly, all-star level player in the playoffs this year. But it wasn't great last year. And that is right. going to leave, uh, <laughs> leave a doubt in the mind. Uh, you know, even in, like, his say- great... <laughs> Even in his like great playoff series uh, back in Indiana, where he dropped like twenty eight a game in that sweep against LeBron, shot thirty eight percent from the field. Um, he was really good in uh, the twenty fifteen sixteen seven game series uh, against Toronto. Like that, that honestly, that in the Oklahoma City series and or uh, the Oklahoma City, uh, what was that? That was is that the year they lost to Utah. Uh, you, where him and Donovan Portland? Mitchell went back and forth. Oh, or no, 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 it was yeah, Portland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm thinking the year prior in 2018. So 20, 2019 was the year they lost to Portland. He was really good in that series too. So right. w- we have a track record of him being like good in the playoffs, despite what the perception is. But it's hard to shake that perception sometimes when you go out and like are just not very good, like he was in those two playoff series last year. Yeah, I think it's it's a, a hard. I also think it's tough to hold what happened in the bubble against these guys. I, we, we do yeah. it, and that's because we do a lot of unfair things. The I just think the the circumstances were so difficult, you know, in the bubble. And you know, I sure sounds like an excuse and things like that, but it, it just kind of got to him. I think he got himself in a situation. Also, some of it self created with his comments and things like that, and the way he was kind of acting in some games. You know that like social media just turned on him. And when you're in the bubble and there's only so many things you can do, these dudes all turned on social media, and I think all of that had an effect on him. And he's even said as much. So, you know, I I think you're a brave one for admitting you trust him. I got to see him do it in this uniform with the clippers um just because he's I don't been great think this year to trust he's been phenomenal he's been phenomenal but you know what they're gonna say he's got to do it in the playoffs because you know that's yeah. kind of the thing about paul george so we it's not unfair knock this stuff out it's not yeah, unfair that part's not unfair that part's not unfair but i just think the way some some of the narrative is but ultimately you know he's been awesome this year he's got to continue doing that and i think but really, for this team, they got to find a way to get easy buckets. You know, we know what Kawhi is going to do. We know what the what, what PG can do. But they got to get to the free throw line. They shoot so many jump yep. shots. That's why they're not there. You know, yep. and there, there'll be a game where they'll complain about not getting free throws. And I'll be like, dude, go look at your shots. They were all jumpers. You're not getting free throws. on. Them. Yeah. You're not getting to the line. Need a little bit more of an attack. And that's kind of something I like that Terrence Mann brought to this team. You know, he... he his development's been great, and he's been very much attacking the paint, attacking the paint, attacking the paint, and that just sort of opened things up for him. Now, I don't know what his minutes are going to look like with Beverly back, Rondo in the lineup. Uh, we'll see how that shakes up, but 
you know, it's it's going to be interesting. They're a lot more dangerous than people are, are giving them credit. Yeah, they would be very clearly my number two in the West. And that's no disrespect to Utah and Phoenix, who you should move to now. But, like, I think that team is really good. Terrence Mann played six minutes uh, last night against Toronto. So he might end up out of the rotation. But I agree with you. I think Terrence Mann's actually been really good for them this year. Uh, just a consistent attack-oriented player who also defends. Like, having... He brings something to them that is different offensively while also providing real defensive value. Like, that's a real helpful combination for a role player uh, on a team that is this star heavy like the Clippers. So, um, and he's like totally unselfish. I'm a big Terrence Mann guy. I have been even going back to the draft. Um, I think I had him as like a top 45 guy in that draft. Um, Yeah, I I would like to see Terrence Mann continue down this road, but, you know, it's it's hard to trust him versus Rajon Rondo or, um, you know, even Nikola Batum, right? Patrick Beverly, certainly. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Let's talk about Phoenix next, because Phoenix, uh, I talked about them with Nikias Duncan about a week and a half ago on the podcast, and I love Phoenix. I love this team. I love the Chris Paul and Devin Booker backcourt combination. Uh, I love the way that they bring real defensive intensity to the game with Mikhail Bridges and Chris Paul setting the tone on the perimeter and then DeAndre Ayton having improved defensively inside. Why do you think the Phoenix Suns can win the NBA title this year? Yeah, I think it's all coming together kind of perfectly for them. You know, they're unbelievable in clutch situations. When the game gets close, you have two unbelievable shot makers in Devin Booker and Chris Paul. You know, and I think that just kind of puts them in a, a good situation in close games. I think the abilities that they've gotten, you know, the, the, the play they've gotten out of Mikel Bridges has been huge, you know, and, and we should also mention Crowder, who, is, is it Jay or Ja? I, I think get it's confused. Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Okay, perfect. So I'm not going to, I've probably been saying it 12 different ways on every podcast. <laughs> uh really not good at this uh jay Jay crowder i think is 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 another guy though that you look at and you go hey he he's gonna be uh he's been big for them and i think their just their ability to win close games and and they've done it against good teams all year gives me the confidence that they could do it in the playoffs now i'm gonna say one thing though sam I'm probably lower on the Suns than just about anybody else I've talked to. I haven't met anybody who's been lower on their their possibilities in the playoffs than me. Um, So I have a lot of reasons why they don't win. Okay, so let's talk about the reason that they do win. Devin Booker could go off in the playoffs. Uh, Like maybe Devin Booker is a playoff guy. We don't know yet, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. The combination of him and Chris Paul could just be like exceptionally difficult to stop. Uh, maybe DeAndre Ayton's it's unfair to call it like aloofness but like maybe DeAndre like won't get phased by the moment in the playoffs you know what I mean uh, yep yep and Mikael Bridges is the kind of defensive stopper that I like I feel very confident Mikael Bridges is going to be awesome in the playoffs because he gives you the kind of things that tend to travel in the playoffs in terms of his on-ball defense, his shooting ability, his kind of sneaky creation ability. Um, Like you can't just like close out on him heavy anymore. You have to like stay under control. I think he's really good. Like I think they have four really clear guys. Jay Crowder has been proven to be a useful role player in the playoffs. I think they can just match up with you a lot of different ways defensively again. Like I I think this is an interesting team. Uh, 
Why do you think they won't win, though, Modekiel? Okay, I have several. I like that you want my full name there, just to make sure. <laughs> I want everyone to come know. at me. <laughs> everyone to come at me. Um, the, the let's just run through the list of things. You kind of said one of them, right? We don't know what these guys are going to be in the playoffs because the mass majority of this roster has never experienced the playoffs. I mean, when you look at playoff experience, it's Chris Paul, it's Crowder a little bit from Sarge, and a little bit from Frank Kaminsky, right? And that's about <laughs> it. And, and even even when you look at the the coaching side of it, like I can't remember off the top of my head if any of Monty Williams's New Orleans teams made the playoffs. You know, I, I, I don't think they have. So that's it. So he's even an inexperienced coach going into it. And that, that plays us a role, not as big as the players, but that that's part of it too. And I think the bigger concern I have is they're small. You know, like this becomes a very small team after DeAndre Ayton. I don't know. I don't trust them necessarily to get a bunch of boards. You know, when they play a bigger team like the Lakers or even the Clippers in the playoffs, they can just go big on them and really put them in a situation. As good as Dario Saric has been as the backup five, that's not a good backup five in the playoffs. Like that's not a good situation. And then ultimately all of these young guys – a lot of unknowns in that instance with this being their first one, you know, and, and sometimes it's different understanding that, wow, this team really was able to game plan these these first two games and figure out where I like to get my shots and my looks like that becomes a problem for them. And it's an adjustment for for them, you know, and, and we haven't had a lot of teams with this little of experience go that far and and yeah maybe you know it, it, it's you know you can point to miami last year was probably as the the, the best example because a lot of that team never been to the the finals but you know butler ton of playoff experience goran dragic with playoff experience crowder was on that team with playoff experience like you, you know like there was plenty of it spolster had won finals already so like there's there is an element of like don't worry we know what we're getting into so I think, for me, that's the stuff that really scares me about the Suns. And even though they're going to be one or two in the in the standings, I think they've had a. I think they have the the feel of a great regular season team and just a not ready playoff team yet. So for me, depending on who they play in the first round, you know, they it could be just a second round exit is kind of their their ceiling to me. So they're they're probably going to end up. It seems like. With the two seed, like I, I think the two seed is probably a bit more likely. Like they're they're getting the, like the doors blown off them right now by Atlanta. Um, they're down twenty seven with four minutes left in the fourth, so they're going to drop down to second in the <laughs> West. Um, they play New York at home, followed by the Lakers, Golden State, Portland, and back to back against San Antonio. And San Antonio like might actually be playing for like a different matchup there, right? Right. So it doesn't feel like they're probably going to get the one seed the two seed uh they're probably going to end up playing one of dallas the lakers or portland it seems like um maybe it ends up being san antonio who knows maybe they win that game but that's a tough matchup for them i think like phoenix going against like a tried and tested portland team with damian lillard I mean, like we talked about the one guy who we trust to uh, go win a go win a seven game series, go win a game. I mean, I I never bet against Damian Lillard. Like if if I'm going to bet against him, it might be while he's not super healthy. Uh, You know, like that that might be the move. Like he he hasn't looked like totally 100 percent yet to me. Do you feel that way? 
No, I, I, I feel like, and I think in the last game there was a little bit of an instance. I think he was grabbing his groin, or maybe I've imagined things now at this point. So much basketball lately, sometimes I feel like I'm just imagining my own things happening on the screen. But I'm with you, and it doesn't feel like he's fully healthy. Because also, he's had to carry an unbelievable load this season. I mean, even yep. if he's not, even if there's not an injury, he's got to be just exhausted. Yeah, you think so. Um, but that's a tough series, I think, for Phoenix. Uh, and then you're probably getting the Clippers or potentially the Lakers. It might maybe it ends up being Dallas, right? Like maybe Dallas gets the six. Maybe right. Portland is the six. Like you're getting you're getting the Clippers or one of those three teams again. So that's a tough one. Uh, I think they're in a tough I mean, spot. Apart from I mean, apart from San Antonio, every team they 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 could potentially face has a ton of playoff experience. Not a little playoff experience, but a ton. Except Dallas, just last year being their first real taste of it, I guess. But you know, Portland been through wars in the playoffs. You know, obviously we know the Lakers and, and all of those things. So I think, you know, all of that's going to just be a challenging situation for the Suns. And I also just want to be fair, and I said it earlier too, there are going to be no easy first-round matchups in the playoffs in the West. No. Even the the eight seed could potentially be the Golden State Warriors. Yep. I mean, yep. like, you know, I, I would pick Utah to win that series, but I'd also be like, but Steph Curry's going to go nuclear in at least one game and win for the Warriors. Well, before we get to Utah, let's take a quick commercial break. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla minus one recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan and you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. Nord VPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot-blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash gametheory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y, to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash gametheory to claim your account. nordvpn.com slash gametheory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, 
Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. Okay. So we're back. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz. Why do you think the Utah Jazz will win the NBA title? Because they know everything about themselves at this point. You know, like they know everybody knows their role. Everybody knows how they want to play. Everybody has accepted their role, which is huge. And I think when fully healthy, they got everything you could possibly want. They have a great offense predicated really on Rudy Gobert's rolling and the pick and roll with him and Donovan Mitchell just kind of opens up things where it's like, oh, you're going to collapse on our our pick and roll? Cool. We're going to kick it out to our shooters. Oh, you're going to uh, stay home? Cool. We're going to throw the lob up to Rudy or Donovan's going to get to the rim. You know, I think Mitchell is is showing more and more he's evolving into that closer. And I think, you know, we saw some of that last year in the playoffs. Mike Connolly so much more comfortable in the offense this year. I just think they have the cohesion and chemistry you would want to see in a championship team. And I think that's kind of, when I look at them, I go, they have no doubts of what they want to do every time they step on the court. And and I think nobody, really no other team has that right now. Yeah. Maybe Phoenix to a degree. Yeah, I agree with you on Utah. Like Utah is the most cohesive team that just like, they have a plan. They know what the plan is. They stick to the plan and they're just going to beat you doing what they do every single game. Like that's, that's what they do at the end of the day. They're going to run drop coverage with Rudy Gobert. They're going to force you into tough shots. Uh, in general, the Utah Jazz are going to take a ton of threes. They're going to drive and kick out with their two guards and Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell and with Joe Ingles too, by the way, he's a great passer and hits a lot yeah. of those kickout passes as well. Uh, they have three. Just because co- you're in Australia now, you felt like you had to make sure you didn't forget. Joe. <laughs> He's um, my guy, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> I, I love Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is the best. What, what the hell? You you've got more experience with Joe Ingles than I do. You were working with that team. Yeah, no, I like I I I, I that's what I miss about being in the arenas and getting to be around the teams is is getting to hang out with Joe whenever the the they came to play the Lakers or, or Clippers getting to hang out with him in the locker room after, after all the media left. So yes, I was just being a prick. Uh, oh, I've, but, I've yeah. heard <laughs> just like elite things about Joe Ingles, just like as a human being being like an absolutely terrific human being. He's one of the, he's, he's phenomenal. He's one of my favorite dudes. Just, I'll just leave it at that. And and one of the guys who I looked forward to every time I went to Australia going like, cool, I'm going to get to hang out with Joe for a little bit. That's amazing. Um, yeah, th- this team just knows exactly what it is. They get to the line a reasonable amount. They take a ton of threes. They make a ton of threes because they have elite shooters. And they defend their ass off. Like, they're really, really good defensively. But why do you think they won't win? I think they still haven't fully solved the problem of what happens when a team goes small against Rudy. You know, Rudy's gotten better switching and 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 done a met, uh, a a better job. He's improved on that. But I'm not sure they fully figured that thing out, you know, when it's AD playing the 5. You know, I don't think they have that kind of lockdown and I don't know if they're able to really change that. 
in, in any way. I think, you know, I think the Clippers could provide some interesting stuff. You know, the, that small ball lineup that you mentioned, you know, and, and, and putting Surge out there at the, the stretch five, like that's tough cover for for Utah in that instance. So I think that ultimately has been the thing that has sunk them throughout the years. But I, I, I don't know if they've really improved it as much as we would hope. And that might be more matchup based and dependent on maybe they avoid those teams come playoff time. Uh, but maybe they don't. And if they don't, I think they're going to be in a, a bit of a trouble situation there. So I, I think it's like a combo of those. Like it's, Rudy being who he is, which is like an elite level player, like top 15 player in the league, right? Combined with not having like crazy foot speed on the perimeter, like to try and scramble around if a team plays small and gets the ball moving against them, right? Like Joe Ingles is a good, competent defender. Joe Ingles like isn't the quickest guy in the world. Boyan Bogdanovich has shown like in the playoffs like sometimes he'll take on like the tough assignment at the end of the day. Like he's like for the Pacers, he would take on the LeBron assignment occasionally uh, because he's big and strong and can do some different stuff. But like, again, not the fleetest of foot. Um, Derek favors, not the fleetest of foot guy anymore. George Niang, not exactly a quick guy, right? Um, They really only have one real like guy that on the perimeter, I trust the hell out of him defensively. And that's Royce O'Neal. I just wonder if they have the right player mix to be able to adjust off of a team going small like that. It's like, to me, it's almost not like Rudy. If that happens and they get played off the court, Rudy will take the brunt of the blame, but I feel like it's not actually going to necessarily be on Rudy. It might be on the rest of the player mix around Rudy. Yeah. And you make a great point in that sense too. It's like, look, they don't have two guys that can defend both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George if they play them in the first in any series, right? Like they have one guy we feel pretty good about Royce O'Neal, and I don't even know that he he wouldn't stop anybody. These guys are so great; they're those guys that you don't stop. You just hope to slow down. I think he could do that for some games, but they don't. But they don't have that second guy that can do that with with those other guys. And not a lot, a lot of teams do. I'm not trying to be a complete jerk in this instance, but that's where then your rotations come into play and things like that and everybody you just described it's like yo and it it almost dawned on me more as you you kept naming names i'm like man this is kind of a slow team (laughs) you know (laughs) like just sort of a an epiphany i probably should have had a long time ago um but like yeah they are pretty slow in terms of uh lateral speed and that's going to be something that's can come back to haunt them yeah and i think that the other part of this is like the offense like if Donovan Mitchell goes cold for a game, Jordan Clarkson has been kind of cold for a little while now. Like he's not what he was early in the season. Like he's just not at that level right now. Does the offense dry up a little bit? Like they do have Mike, they have Boyan that like, and they have Joe that like can create shots. But I'm just like wondering if that's like a potential outcome here. Like, do they really? kind of dry up a little bit offensively just in terms of pure creation um you know uh, look i think the jazz are going to go deeper in the playoffs than what other people think like i think they're going to beat um the golden state warriors in the first round and if it's denver or dallas i think they beat both those teams at the end of the day um yeah like i I think 
Yeah, and if it's the Lakers, I think that they legit push the Lakers in a series too. So I'm in on Utah as a contender. I think that like people have kind of forgotten about them because, like I said, with like on the last podcast I did about them, like they're kind of boring to talk about right now. So they haven't gotten the discussion that other teams have. But they are like just a straight up buzzsaw. Like you look at their point differential right now. It's first in the NBA. It's a 9.2 net rating. And it's first in the NBA by a landslide. Like it's not even it's not even in the ballpark. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I mean they're the most disrespected one seed since the last time the Spurs finished one in the West, right? Like they're they've yep. kind of taken the mantle of the Spurs. We're like, yeah, we just don't want to acknowledge they're good. <laughs> I I think we should. They're very they're great. I think they're a great <laughs> and, and, team. And, 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 they, and they really are. And they really are. And they've earned it. And they've been consistent all year. You know, and, and even with the injuries right now with Connolly and, and um Mitchell, you know, you know, like they they've still been rolling in pretty good situations. So I think it's a tough uh I think it's a little bit unfair what we do with them sometimes. But uh you know, they're they're a team we gotta watch for. Okay, so next up, let's just finish out the West. Let's talk about Denver. I kind of just have to throw Denver in this because Nikola Jokic is just going superhuman at this point. Why do you think Denver will win the NBA title? I was just humoring you. (laughs) I don't think they got a shot. I apologize. I know that was the premise of the show, and I should have said something earlier. (laughs) No, but no, I just don't think. The, the, I I just I here's the thing. Their ceiling had Jamal Murray not gotten hurt, Sam. I had them at the very least my second option to get yeah. out of the the West. And if the Lakers weren't healthy, or if the Lakers, if it was the way it looked now, I probably would have gone with Denver winning the West. You know, because it looked so good with Murray and everything like that. And I know this is the reason why they wouldn't get in, but. Their ceiling just got significantly lower in that yeah. instance, and as good as Michael Porter Jr. has been in the in this run here, and as good as they've been throughout all of this, it's different come playoff time, you know. And 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 they have the experience, but at the end of the day, I just think they they just don't. And there's only so much Jokic is going to be able to do in a playoff series. I don't know. I mean, they're beating the brakes off the Knicks right now, <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, they're they're playing at an unbelievable level, but this is one of those things when that intensity does drop, and it will at some point, it'll dip. You know, just because they're going at such a high level, it's it's hard to keep it up for so long. You'll start to see their flaws a lot more in that sense. And, yeah, you know, it's just it's it's, it's just tough. It's halftime. Nikola Jokic has twenty six twenty six points, eight rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block on 9 of 10 from the field and 8 of 10 from the line. <laughs> He's like yeah, very clearly the MVP. <laughs> that That is without a doubt, by the way. And it, I mean, like, it, the fact that we still try to have this conversation is a uh, uh, a joke to me. You know, and, and, and I'm just like, you guys, like anybody who's thinking it's not Jokic is, is really Wild. going nuts. And I'm not even using the, forget about games played or whatever, or things like that. He's just been phenomenal on his own. His own numbers have been amazing. <laughs> like I, I it's it's weird to me that this is a conversation. 
Like he is, uh, he is bonkers in terms of how good he is. He's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, look, the reason that they can win the title is Nikola Jokic just going God. Like, <laughs> I firmly believe Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now. Um, like, look, if I have to choose I, I him have or no argument, like LeBron is hurt, obviously. So you know, LeBron doesn't give up the title unless he's hurt or unless he's you know dead at this point, right? Um, and out of the league. But Jokic has just been incredible. He does everything for them. The way that he uh, his feel in the post, his passing, his scoring. Like uh, you can run dribble handoffs with him. He can lead the break. Uh, you can throw him the ball on the block. Like it, it's. He's a complete just offensive think, player that we haven't seen um, in the post in a while. In a long while. And I think it's, you know, like when we talk about like, wow, he's such a great passer. It's like he's not even, it's not even, you don't even have to do the caveat of he's a great passer for a big. No, he's just a great passer. No, you he's know, like it's one of like the five best the passers in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and so, you know, that he would have to hit another level. Like he'd have to hit one where we would have to question like I would, he would need to be drug tested every day. Like, it's, <laughs> like it's he crazy. needs to hit that. That that's just how hard it is, and yeah. and that's kind of what's so heartbreaking. Like, man, I was sad for. I think that's what put me in that funk for a few weeks, where I was like, man, basketball is okay right now. It's not great. It was yeah. was just that injury with Murray. Yeah, the Jamal Murray injury is terrible. Um, the reason that they like wouldn't win in the playoffs is just like lineup versatility i feel like and lack of shot creation outside of Jokic. uh i mean michael porter has really picked up the slack i want to see what michael porter can do in a playoff series where he's like the number two guy that seems like it will be very interesting to see uh because he's going to be relied on to create a lot of offense not just like be on the receiving end of offense and finishing plays efficiently, but being the guy who creates it next to Jokic, uh, Aaron Gordon, like they're playing super big tonight. Like I have this game on in the background, like they're playing like, uh, like they started Jokic, Millsap, Gordon Porter next to Campazzo. Uh, that's like a very interesting kind of swerve while everyone plays small. Uh, and they've played JaVale McGee and, Jamichael Green, like, is two of their bench guys, so it's not even like they're, you know, going small with um, just, like, Shaq Harrison and Austin Rivers off the bench, but, like, I don't know. I, I, I'd i be surprised if this team got past the Lakers in the playoffs. Would you take them or Dallas in the playoffs? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I think I would take them. You know, I think I, I think would take them as it, well. You know, and, and, and I think just the ultimate thing is – I, Dallas has still been way too up and down. We don't know what you're going to get from Porzingis. I think that kind of makes things difficult. It'd be a great. It's going to be a fun series. Yeah. You know, Luca's going to do his thing. You know, it's going to be a fun one to watch. You know, these the, the, these two. You know, not quite brothers, but almost brothers going at each other. It's going to be fun, and I think it'd be an amazing uh, situation. In that, it, 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 again, every series is going to be has the potential to be great in the first round in the west yeah i totally agree with that okay let's go to the east what what team in the east do you want to start with let's just get brooklyn out of the way (laughs) (laughs) so so the reason brooklyn will win is 
holy shit do you see there three stars at the top how does this happen in the nba how do how does how does uh kevin durant kyrie irving and james harden end up on the same team this team is for it's four stars you're forgetting bruce brown oh my god (laughs) i love bruce brown i just play i love bruce brown so much but uh that, that's tough it's a tough one for me to wrap my head around um <laughs> the, uh, the three stars at the top with kevin durant james harden Kyrie. the third best perimeter defender on a team is going to be guarding one of those guys that's how you win a game that's how you win a playoff series at the end of the day right like it, yeah. it's just hard to stop all three of them when they're going at once. Yeah, I, I mean, just the, their their level of firepower and and something that w- when they win we see a lot of is their commitment to passing. Yeah, you know, like the ball does move a lot when they're winning games, and I think a lot of that starts with James Harden. But like it, it really does kind of flow in a way where it's pretty impressive that they get themselves in trouble when it stops moving. And, and and they kind of go into this one-on-one kind of game. But ultimately, you know, you just said it. I mean, three of what, the top 10 players in the NBA? I would say three of the top 10 to 15 offensive players in the NBA. Like James Harden Perfect. and KD are two of the top five. And then I, I don't really know what to do with Kyrie, uh, off, like in terms of where to rank him, just because it's a tough conversation. No, I, 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 uh, still, that's great, right? Even having right. two of the top 10. Or two, you know, you know, in that, I'm sorry, we said two of the top five. Uh, just even having that, I mean, the Lakers won a championship last year with just that, and 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 a great set of role players. And when you look at the Nets, like even with all these guys injured and missing games and stuff like that, all the other guys have contributed. You know, you'll have a game where Joe Harris goes off. I make the Bruce Brown joke, but there are games where Bruce Brown has a monster night. Good games from Blake Griffin from here and there. You know, like they, they're they're getting mixes. Or Landry Shamit will come off the bench and hit five threes in a game. Like they're getting a lot from the other guys as well that I think, you know, you just look at them going like, man, this team, it's going to be very, very difficult to stop and beat them four out of seven times. So how many games this year do you think Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving have played together? We're just doing uh, they they've only played seven together, right? They have only played seven. How many minutes do you think they've played together? <sighs> See now you gotta go all semantics. I thought I was smart, knew the number. You nailed right? seven. Go that... minutes. Yeah, because that's the one I knew, but that was about it. <laughs> here, I'll, I'll I think give it it's to like you. Well, it's it, well, I'm, I'm gonna guess. Let me give, give give me a shot here. I think it's around the, the, the sixty minute mark. No, it's 186. They've played 186 minutes together oh, on wow. the court. Okay. So, in those 186 minutes, they have posted a 122.4 offensive rating uh, <laughs> and given up 114 uh, per 100 possessions, 8.4 net rating. If you go Kevin Durant, James Harden, Joe Harris, it's 122.7 <laughs> with a 59.8 uh, or a 15.8 net rating uh you throw joe harris in these lineups things get pretty gross pretty quick for this team um I, i'm fascinated to watch them i know that uh the the foursome of durant harden irving joe harris 125 points per 100 possessions <laughs> Jesus. 107 defensive rating for an 18 net rating i'll be honest if all three of those dudes are healthy that's my title pick i i will take gotcha. them I'll take them. 
over the Lakers. But are they healthy? I think that's that's the question, right? Are they ever going to get fully healthy this year? I, I, my thing, Sam, is you know I don't know if they will. I think the the challenging is like it doesn't sound like Harden's coming back until the playoffs, and it doesn't sound like he's coming. I haven't heard anything where I feel confident game one he's playing. You know, I think that's you know he might even miss a few of the playoff games in the early rounds, which is fine. I'm not worried about who they might play in the uh, first round of the playoffs really pushing them but it gets tougher you know like if they stay at second which i think they're going to at this point um you know your second round matchup is milwaukee and if you beat milwaukee most likely you're facing the sixers in the conference finals like that's a tough that's a tough beat and actually now looking at the standings their first round matchup might be miami you know and that's you know that they should beat miami but that's not going to be an easy series i think like that's that's a tough road and you know you need those guys healthy. Offensively, we know what they can do. I am I am very curious what they're going to do defensively because you know we just saw them lose to the Bucks two games in a row, and everybody has all made the same comment. Man, the it's different if if the Nets had James Harden, and I'm like, yeah, sure, but the the Nets didn't lose that game those games because of offense. They lost those games because they weren't able to get the stops they needed down the stretch. James Harden doesn't necessarily fix that. And I think that's something that I, I, I would be very curious. Like, I can't wait for a fully healthy Brooklyn Nets-Milwaukee Bucks series. Well, <laughs> what I'm wondering is, just to be honest, like, do they need like to play tight games at the end? Uh, where they need stops at the end? Uh, they, they'll play tight games, but like, will they ever just will they be stopped on offense with that force them out there in a like real tangible way? I, I just don't know. Like I really I, do I, not I, know. I, 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 I think we get too enamored with the offense. And, and, and this is just around the league. And for years, you know, how are you going to stop this team? How are you going to stop this team? You know, like look back to the seven seconds or less Suns, right? Everybody was like, their offense is unbelievable. This is back then, right? And I know it's different now. And this is a much more potent group. Like I'm, I'm not comparing that ceiling in that sense, but I'm just saying we always talk about it. Like I won't be surprised if a team comes in and figures out how they get stops. Look at the way Drew Holiday and Kyrie Irving battled. And then the way the... The uh, excuse me, the Bucks were able to defend KD and and slow him down, not stop him. Slow him down with Chris Middleton and PJ Tucker. And what does that mean? You have Giannis roaming around and wreaking havoc. You know, I, I, granted that means James Harden is going to try to run a muck alone. <laughs> Feels like gonna, a problem. He's, go- <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be able he's gonna be able to kind of do his thing a little bit. But when he's gonna get in the paint, he's gonna deal with a roaming Giannis. You know, like that's not an easy situation you know and i and 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 i i know what i sound like i mean this is going to be one of those things and i have several nets friends in my life who are waiting for the nets to win the championship to ruin the rest of my off season but like there's (laughs) to me there's still real questions we automatically go they're just too strong offensively i said man you got to play the other side of the ball and if a team can come up and if a team can get stops on you like we saw with the bucks the past few nights you got to be able to reciprocate and i don't think they can defensively I don't think that they can defensively either, but I am honestly not convinced that they're going to need like significant stops with that threesome plus Joe Harris on the court because so you're you're going to throw one of Middleton and Tucker on Durant 
you're gonna like I, I guess I'm trying to figure out how you stop them you're like I'm I mean, actually really, trying to logically figure out my brain how to stop them and I still have not found an answer yet because of the way that they can I mean, break you down off the dribble but I think really though ultimately like when we're if you're putting middle honestly the way I would do it if I was bud you know when I have Tucker in the game with Middleton I'm having Tucker on on KD and Middleton on Harden you know and then having yep. uh, and then having Giannis roaming behind that, and we have Kyrie and 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 Holiday in their in their battle royale. So you know it's not like a, a crazy thing to me. Now, granted, it ain't going to be an easy series, right? It's going to go seven in that sense, you know, and and, and it's going to be hard. It's not going to be something that's just like willy nilly. Like I I understand that the 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 Nets should be favored. I would feel much more comfortable with the Nets if they were the one seed, though. Yeah, I would too. Don't having get me a, wrong. That's a tough. That's yeah. tough. Imagine, imagine. Let's just assume the Miami Heat thing goes five, right? You know, assume they play that. Then they go through. Let's let's give them benefit of the doubt. Six games against the Bucks, but a hard six games. Do you know who Philly's first? Uh, Philly's probably second round matchup is going to be a combination of Atlanta or New York. Yeah, like that's not like that's that's such a different amount of exertion. You know, in in that instance. So I think, you know, that that's something we don't look at. And then the other thing, too, about Brooklyn that everybody doesn't talk about is the teams will have a chance to actually come up with a game plan against them. It's not something you can do in the regular season. You know, when you can sit down and say, OK, I have three days. Let's put our game plan together. Well, but like, like that's going to be something. I guess that that's what I'm struggling with because I still don't know what the game plan will be for them. Like you said, like you gave me matchups here. Right. And I think that you're right in terms of the way that they'll match up. But like PJ Tucker ain't stopping Kevin Durant. Like he'll he'll make him work for it, but he's not going to stop him. Like Chris Middleton is not going to stop James Harden. And then on the other end, the problem is that they're going to be able to hide out James Harden or Kyrie on PJ Tucker and just let him rest in these games. Like he's going to have like active rest at the end of the day, and that's not what you want. Well, but like they're they're not really going to be able to hide Kyrie that much. He's going to end up on holiday. Like, I think that's going to be the, the situation. P.J. Tucker's going to be the screen setter in, in, in some instances, you know. And this is also the big thing is P.J. Tucker is going to have to hit shots, right? Because sure. that's just going to make them pay for for any of that. And look, they had no answers for Giannis, you know. Like, you know, that's, that's going to be something they're going to have to figure out. Now, their strategy of we're not going to double Giannis and, and, and see if everybody else can beat us is a good one, and I think that's an interesting one. Not sure 100% that's going to work if Giannis is going to average 40 on them. You know, <laughs> that puts yeah. them in a tough spot. You know, and, and again, you can't stop these guys. Like, the mistake everybody says is, how do you stop these guys? You're not going to stop them. you got to slow yeah. them down. And the other thing, too, about it is it isn't just one guy, you know, about that. It's the most important thing about stopping this team is about your rotations being sharp as hell. Yeah. And do you trust the Bucks' defensive rotation? Like, this was a big thing with the Lakers last year in, in you know, the Houston series where people were, you know, I, I don't know how much people believed it, but they were saying, like, Houston can give them a series. You know, they're going to spread them out and it's going to be tough. The Lakers beat them with their defensive rotation. Yeah. They were so on point with their rotations that it was just, and it was frustrating for the the Rockets. And I think that's something. If a team does it right against the uh, against the Nets, and believe me, if I had the answers, I'd be making big money. But I don't. 
put your, <laughs> your bailout. The, the problem is that with that is like your bailout then against James Harden's Houston team was like Russ or it was right, someone yeah. else who like may or may not be able to shoot. The bailout option against Brooklyn when James Harden is playing point is Kevin Durant. So like, but you got to be just. Tough. I know it's not. It's 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 tough. There's no question about it. Beating the Nets is going to be tough. And and by the way, there's a good chance nobody beats them. And I could yeah. be way wrong. And I have people. I have to turn off my phone and get a new number for the uh, off season. Like there's a whole possibility of that. Oh my God. Let's go to uh, let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks because I actually really like the Bucks and. This is sacrilege. I'm very sorry, Philadelphia fans. I think the Bucks would be my number two to come out of the East because I really like the addition that P.J. Tucker has given them in the way that they can match up with multiple different player types now. I, I, I don't know if I agree with them being the number two to get out of the East, but like maybe to be like, I, I yeah. think they are. I think they are a team that severely gets underlooked and people were just so unnecessarily hard on them. Especially when they were losing games. And I'm like, I love the season they've had. Because I've been screaming all last season going like, you have to change your style of play. You have to add different things to your offense. You have to experiment in the regular season. The Bucks could have stayed with everything they normally done and probably won the Eastern Conference. They experimented this year. They switched more. They've played around with things. They've With Drew Holiday, they're doing things with putting him in the post. They've put Chris Middleton in the pick and roll a little bit more and, and, and give him more opportunities to be a creator. Like they've added wrinkles to their offense that was not there the past two years that I think is really going to help this team in the in the playoffs. And granted, it cost them some games in the regular season, which means they probably have to go up against the uh, Brooklyn Nets in the second round, which extremely difficult. But you know, I, I think that's a good thing in that sense is, you know, they, we, we've sort of overlooked them or, and, and holding their past playoff failures against this team. That's relatively different, you know, from from the guys they have to to how they're playing to a degree. So I kind of I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs. Well, the big thing that is different for them and it's honestly kind of a similar thing with Utah uh, the last couple of years where they've just been like a total buzzsaw. They didn't really experiment in the regular season. They just like buzzed through everyone. With Utah, like Utah is just buzzing through everyone. They haven't really experimented that much. Milwaukee this year, they've kind of experimented with a lot of different stuff. Like they've tried different rotations. They've tried different defensive styles, especially since PJ has been there. They've been switching a lot more. Like it's actually kind of essential to do that in a way that I think a lot of people don't really uh, and sometimes like frankly NBA coaches like don't really go down that road just to like see what kind of different lineup versatility you have when the playoffs come yeah experimenting scary you know and coaches it are is. stubborn and, and and I think you know sometimes you know it, it, it is a matter for some of these coaches going like how much job security do I have is my regular season record going to be held against me at the end of this season, you know, and, and, and am I going to get let go because of it? You know, I think that's a, a – it's challenging in that sense, but you're so right on it. So important to know what you have, you know, and, and, and up and down the roster. I 
used to say this about when Pop would arrest guys. You know, people would just talk about the value and what it meant for Tim Duncan, for Manu, and for Tony. I go like, but what you don't understand is Pop is also getting a look at his ninth, tenth, and eleventh man on the bench, so he knows what he has in them. And and it's a question of you know sometimes he'll throw some random dude in a playoff game, and it's because he played him in the regular season and he has a a, a certain level of trust into what he can do in that current game. And I think that's stuff that we don't, I don't think coaches always get. And, but I think it's just ultimately so damn important, Sam, like it's just so important being able to experiment and, and look at different things and different lineups and the way things look goes such a long way come playoff time. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. I think Milwaukee's really good. Uh, I think the addition of Drew Holiday gives them like genuine, uh, like Eric Bledsoe is good at getting around screens. He was a good defender within that scheme. Drew Holiday is like an isolation stopper in a way that like Bledsoe was good at Milwaukee wanted him to do. And now like, for instance, now that he's in New Orleans, he has not been nearly as good at what New Orleans is asking him to do. Uh, Drew Holiday is a monster defensively in a way that they just like didn't have on the perimeter. And like PJ Tucker is a different thing that they didn't have defensively. So while the numbers, like I feel like the numbers are not quite as good as what they have been like the lofty last two years, they're in a much better position defensively to be able to defend in the playoffs at a level that you need to. Yeah. uh, Everything you said is right. I mean, it's a, Such a massive upgrade, Holiday over Bledsoe, you know, and I think that just kind of takes that to another level. I mean, the Tucker move was big in everything. Everything you said is right on. I don't need to kind of regurgitate that. Okay. Why? So, I mean, like, we kind of have talked a lot about the positives of the Bucks. I mean, the the last thing would be, like, why won't they win the title? Like, I, I guess that it would just be Mike Budenholzer, like, getting stubborn for some reason and continuing to play big and um, maybe that's, just not having enough shot creation. Well, I mean, that's a reason. And the other reason is, you know, you, you are depending on and no shot on Dante DiVincento, Pat Connaughton. Bobby Portis, who's been, and they've had good years. They've been good, yep. you know, but you're counting on these guys really coming Bryn through in key moments in the playoffs. Bryn Forbes. Like, this is this is the, th- the, the unknown thing about the playoffs. You know, the, the unsung heroes. You know, the Lakers don't win championships without Robert Ory, right? Or, you, mm-hmm. you know, like, the, just the random stuff that some, some dude comes in and has a, a game. You know, and, and, and that takes them to a, a the, it gives the team a playoff win that they probably shouldn't have won. And I think there's that's kind of the thing is to look at the guys. When you name the names of the guys, you know, on the Bucks that would kind of fill that role, it's like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's not like inspiring that much confidence. It's just kind of like, okay. Okay. So the last team we have to talk about is Philadelphia 76ers. Why are the 76ers going to win the title? It's their defense. Their defense and Joel Embiid. That's that's it's it's pretty simple, you know. As much as we talk about you know uh, how unstoppable you know Jokic has been and stuff like that. Good luck stopping Joel Embiid. He gets the ball in the post. It's a bucket or a foul, or he just happened to miss the shot. Like there's just like the way he's played and taken his game to another level this season. Good luck, you know. And then defensively, Sam like it's it's also kind of funny. I did one of those one mo thing videos on the Sixers defense 
And of course, they lost the next four games. So thanks, Philly, for helping me out there. <laughs> um, but 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 just their their ability to rotate and fly around the court is unreal. You know, and 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 a lot of that has to do with their length and 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 guys like you know Ben Simmons who. You know, it's one or two in defensive player of the year. It's, I know it's going to be a very tight race for for that award. But you know, Ben Simmons, Matisse Thybul. You know, you have Tobias Harris making the right rotations. And when you watch the rotations, you can see the guy behind them making the next rotation as they're making the first rotation. And that's so damn critical in these defensive rotations and, and how well they do. And then here's the other thing. You get into the paint against them, oh, great, now it's just Joel Embiid. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Feels you tough. know what I mean? Like, that, that's a dude that's gonna that's probably going to be on the all-defensive team. Like, you well, know, like, well, on a different and, team, he probably is up for all-defensive player of the year. Yeah, and you bring up the anticipatory defense. Like, there might not be, like, a more anticipatory, smart, rotational defender than Danny Green who we haven't even talked about. Yeah, I totally forgot about Danny. You know, and, and I mean, you have that. Like, you know, it's, the funny thing is there are times I've watched them where they've made the wrong rotation and have been able to recover. Dan- Danny like, Green is a- their fourth best defensive player. Like, that's a well, I mean, bonkers statement that is accurate. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, that's the kind of thing you're looking at. And it's just going like, that's a very, very tough defense. And I just think, you know, it's... It's one of those things. Their defense can go so many different ways. It's 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 really tough. It's unreal. It's absolutely ridiculous to watch them play. Um, they still don't really shoot a ton of threes, but when you have Joel Embiid getting to the foul line as much as he does, it, I think that they can manufacture enough offense. Uh, but it, th- that's the reason that they won't win if they don't win. Uh, they more often than not have to manufacture offense as opposed to like getting clean offensive looks yeah that's that's exactly it. it's their offense that worries me the most you know like can they you know we talk about can can brooklyn get enough stops you know it's the other way around with with uh, philadelphia you know are they going to na- make enough buckets in the in, in in the big series, the 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 conference finals and and things like that, can they make enough baskets to to get there and get enough offense out of their their system? So you know, it's it's really the most challenging question because after Joel Embiid, I'm curious. Like you know, Tobias Harris has had a hell of a year. He's had some games where he's really closed. You know, Ben Simmons has put up some good games and then some real just like, eh, I'm just here to play defense type games. You know, and, and, and the the big question is going to come down to clutch situations. It's hard to go to the big man, you know, for a, a last second shot. So you're going to Tobias Harris and it's like, OK, that's kind of scary. Sorry, Tobias. I, I know you're a big listener to the pod. Um, you know what? Though, Tobias Harris has been great this year. Like he's about to drop a 20 point per game, 52, 40, 89 season, <laughs> which is. I mean, Doc has the magic. Doc has the magic with, with Tobias. Yeah. You know, it's it's he, he, he was. Listen, I mean, Doc is Doc, his year with the Clippers is what got him paid with Philadelphia. You know, and Doc was the coach. And then Doc has been able to kind of recreate that and put him in the right spots. But just crunch time, man. It's just, oh boy. Game seven of the conference finals, you know, how much do you trust Tobias Harris to hit that game winner? Yes, it's a good question. Like, what do you run in that circumstance? Like, I feel like you probably run, hmm. I mean, you're going to run something for Embiid if we're going to be honest. But it's hard. 
it's hard to do that for a big man. But That's pro- the reason you, why Shaq doesn't have a ton of game winners. So what? You you run like a post for Embiid, Tobias, same side of the floor so that they can't really help. I mean, I guess you could try and empty out the side of the floor, but that gets even trickier sometimes in terms of like what happens if Joel needs a kick out. <sighs> Yeah, I think I think I you know. almost run the you, you you almost try to get the post up and then run some actions along the weak side, you, you, post splits and things like that to just occupy the defense and make it hard to go double. But you know the thing is, you're going to probably have Ben Simmons in the dunker spot, and that's where the double team's coming from. It's going to be Embiid at like the mid post area to to almost the high post, you know, and and go win us the game. But it's that's tough, well, man. That's what you tough. Could, what you could do then is you could run like. You could have Ben not in the dunker spot, but you could have him at the top of the key. You have Seth Curry kind of on the opposite wing. And as Ben's guy goes to help, you have Ben go set like a flare screen screen for Seth to come free. That's interesting. That could be a really tough communication situation to put in. But then you're trusting Seth Curry to make the game winner, which, you know, isn't ideal. But maybe for next time, what it does is it makes the defense think twice of doubling off of Ben. Maybe if he makes that shot, like I, right. I don't. It gets. It's like a game within a game in every playoff series. It's, it's hard. It's a really, really hard um, kind of thing to figure out. But yeah, that, I mean, a lot of it. A lot of it is going to be manufacturing offense. Can they manufacture enough offense consistently to where their defense just wins them the game? Yeah, and, and you got to hope Embiid continues to get the calls in the playoffs, you know, and because we know it gets a, the whistle gets a little tighter, you know, and and, and, and that becomes a, a situation for them. Okay, Mo, that's we, that's all we, we got for today. It? I think we solved, we solved it. it. I think we solved okay. basketball. Who is your? <laughs> I can't. I have to get. I have to get a pick from you before we leave. Who is your pick to make the finals? And who is your pick to win the title? All right, I'm gonna go. I'm going Philly Lakers. Okay. You know, I, 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 I just think Philly's defense, I think the road, you know, for me, it's whoever has the one seed in the East. I think just that road of not having to play Brooklyn or, or Milwaukee in the second round is so important. And maybe I'm putting too much into it, but I think that's going to be a huge advantage for them. So that's why I think they come out of the East. The Lakers, again, if they're healthy, I just I can't bet against LeBron, dude. He's supposed to save us against the Monstars. So I have to imagine the rest of the Western Conference is going to be fairly easy. <laughs> I don't think See, that's unfair. I think I'm going to go I think I'm going to go Clippers, Nets, and I think the Nets win the title. Okay. Clippers are a good one. Clippers are are are, are I I do think even fully healthy they can give the Lakers the toughest challenge in the West. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And like, man, I feel like we're giving Utah like a short end of the shrift. Like we talked about them a lot. I really think Utah is so fucking good. I think they are so good. You you know what it is, though? This is going to be the thing, because this is the first year they've looked this good and this dominant. They just haven't had that experiment. They haven't. They have. They don't. What happens when their offense doesn't work? It's just okay. Just play it better. You know, like I don't feel yeah. like they have that di- a different way to go, and that's, that's probably should have said that during the section. But that's I think going to be an issue for them. You know, not being able to have a different offense to attack. You know, beyond just Mitchell go create. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like they do a lot of interesting stuff. Like I, I was talking to. Uh, a college coach who was pulling tape and like one thing that he really liked was they'll sometimes run like a one four low set where they have Mike bring the ball up and then they'll have Clarkson 
camped on one side of the paint and they'll have Clarkson come up and set a screen on a one four low with two elite corner shooters and then Rudy uh, at the dunker spot and basically they put them in a ridiculous position where you have to make like an impossible choice on do you like just let Jordan Clarkson shoot a wide open mid-range jumper like how how do you defend this they put you in a lot of really awkward like do you let Jordan Clarkson just like get that little floater Jordan's really good at finding the lob to Rudy if you help off uh, into the help spot like it's just really really difficult it's really really hard to try and navigate how you end up doing that thing yeah I mean Quinn Snyder is a hell of a coach and so he's he's definitely got some tricks up his bag. Yeah. No, he is. He's really good. He's really, really good. Uh, Mo, tell the people where they can find your work. Follow me on Twitter, Mo Dekeel, M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore N-B-A. Uh, follow me there. I, ret- I tweet out all the stuff I write for Bleacher Report. I'm on a bunch of podcasts for The Athletic. Nerder She Wrote on Fridays, a bunch of the daily dings i'm doing a new thing now sam i i i, I do kind of want to push a little bit please I'm starting to do a i'm starting to do a pre-game show on twitch um for some big games i'm experimenting with it so there's definitely been some interesting screw-ups uh in that instance but it's been fun i i go through i did it for the second game of Brooklyn Bucks, you know, went through clips from their first game, from the game on Sunday, was able to kind of do a, a, a fun pregame show. And, you know, I, I love for people to come check me out there on Twitch. Same place, same handle, M O D A K H I L underscore N B A. Um, you know, and, and follow me there and get notified when I do a, a, a live stream because I think I'm going to do a whole bunch of that in the playoffs and hopefully I'll get better as I go along. <laughs> Please go follow Mo on Twitch. That's such a great idea, I think, doing pregame shows um, on Twitch. I've been trying to figure out how I can use Twitch uh, in, like, a really interesting way, but I haven't quite haven't quite gotten there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, 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 it took me a while. It took me a while to really do it. And to be honest, in my very first stream, I was just like, screw it, let's go. And it was an unmitigated disaster. It was fun. <laughs> It was fun. It was exactly as advertised because I told people, I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. So come on board. And and you know what? There's people that come in. We have a chat. I answer questions. And the, it, it, it was just a lot of fun. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. So um, now that I figured out how to incorporate clips, I think I'm going to be able to get to do some really cool things and help teach people a little more or give people a little more insight in, in the game. I love it so much. That's fantastic. Go follow Mo on Twitch. Go rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back uh, maybe at the end of the weekend, maybe early next week. I'm not sure yet. But until next time, we will talk soon on the Game Theory Podcast. Bye-bye.